<laughs> Welcome to Facing Fear with Sarah. My name is Sarah McInerney Hawk. I am your host. I went from 30 flirty and thriving to 30 flirty and surviving. I was diagnosed with breast cancer at age 30, and prior to that, I had faced a lot of fears in life, which led me to creating this podcast in 2019. Fast forward, here we are many years later, and I've interviewed over 100 different guests with many stories of how they face fear while remaining unapologetically authentic. That is what we are here to do, encourage you to live your life unapologetically and authentically. The Facing Fear world recently got a little bit bigger because a new part of it is in the world, and that's my book, my very first book. It's called Does Carcinoma Mean Cancer? It covers the four days between being tested for cancer and finding out that I had it, and the funny things that happened in between. Well, you know, funny, happy, sad, etc. It can be found anywhere on Amazon, and it's a graphic memoir, which means it is 70% art, 30% text, and it's 74 pages long. So it's something you could read in one sitting, revisit multiple times because the art has a lot of dual meanings and I'm so proud of it. Go check it out on Amazon or facingfearwithsarah.com backslash book. All right, let's get into this week's episode. Hey, you made it over here to part two. If you're not sure what I'm talking about, you can listen to part one. I am releasing two episodes per week for my Facing Fear Buying Property series. So this is part two. So if you're finding your way here first, there's another episode for you this week. Go check it out. But while you're here, let's get into our second guest. The second guest is Nico Berrios, which should sound familiar if you are a longtime loyal listener. Nico is actually my first repeat guest, so does not happen often and ever, but I have felt so lucky to reconnect with Nico when I did. He is from the region where I'm from. We also went to Ball State and then graduated and kind of went about our lives. And in the first episode way back when, which honestly you should go back and listen to, it's so inspiring, so well done. I'll link it in the show notes for you as well. Nico told us about his transformation in weight loss and just coming to terms and how to be the best young man he can while facing the heartache of losing his mother at such a young age. So Nico joins us again on Facing Fear because this time he's continued to grow. This man is just out here adulting hardcore. He got together with his girlfriend, Alyssa, who brought into their family her son. And then the two of them became pregnant and needed a home. Nico was living in a small condo at the time and just in a matter of a few months had to sell that and figure out how they were going to secure their next home again in this insane market. Eventually they did. Nico shares some wonderful, wonderful tips on how to choose a realtor and what to expect when you're going through the process. Nico eventually found his family their dream home and then welcomed their son into the world shortly after. And like I mentioned, this man is just out here adulting so hard. Um, an update is that he and Alyssa recently got engaged. So congratulations to the both of you, Nico, you have been just so awesome and such a great addition to the show. And Alyssa, thank you for letting me borrow him, even though you two are in the midst of a crazy time in your lives. My name is Nico Berrios. And last time everyone heard from me, 
Uh, and we talked about quite a few, quite a few things. We talked about uh, my triathlon, my weight loss journey. You know, we talked about uh, we talked about my mother's restaurant and and work and whatnot. But uh, here we are now uh, talking about the the home buying process. Right. Okay. Awesome. Well, I'm so glad you're back, and this will be a really good kind of bring it around again. I can't believe your life has changed so much again. It's just been nonstop, Sarah. It's just a continuous, you know, just let's, let's, uh, let's ride. (laughs) So, um, I wanted to invite Nico on the show because he is now not only a homeowner of a beautiful, beautiful home, but also boyfriend to his lovely girlfriend and now a father. So like crazy three big things that happened in his life. But before we get to that, you were an owner before all of this. You, last time we talked to you, you owned a condo, you know, you were young and, doing all of that. So what made you want to buy way back then when it was just you? Because one of the things I want to kind of break on this show is the stereotype of like, oh, well, now I have the girlfriend or the partner and we should get a home and have a kid and move on. And it's okay to do that out of order. And especially when you're single, like you were. So can you tell mm-hmm. us about um, your first purchase, which was buying that condo? I guess I guess I have to preface this by saying by no means am I some, you know, I'm no like, like real estate guru. Or <laughs> None of us are. <laughs> no one has to as, essentially, you know, listen to what I'm I'm trying to say here. This is, this is just how my thought process went and how I guess my mind worked. Exactly. Um, but when I, when I graduated from Ball, when I graduated from Ball State, I was kind of already thinking ahead. So instead of going to hurry up and run to rent a place, uh, I, you know, being that we live in Northwest Indiana in the region, right? Shout out region still always um we uh you know i could easily have went and ran to go rent a place in chicago you know everyone that's what that's essentially what everyone wants to do wants to run and go run run to go rent from chicago and i thought there's no way there's no way in hell uh chicago is way too expensive i mean we live 30 40 minutes away so why go move over there i'm not going to go spend $1,600 $1,600 to go live in a studio or a one bedroom, um, you know, or I'm definitely not, I wasn't not trying to get a roommate at the time. I had roommates all throughout college. I was over that, <laughs> over that journey. Um, it, it was fun while well, it lasted, but I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, right. I'm ready to, <laughs> yeah, ready totally to move agree. on, have my own spot. And so and my thought process was I'm going to now, instead of renting, even then back in here in Northwest Indiana, where it's much much more economical. Um, my thought, I was thinking ahead. I said, I want to buy a townhouse. So that way, two things I can set myself up. I can either a, um, rent it out when the time comes for me to buy my actual first home, I can rent it out and use it as my first piece of real estate property, which is exactly what I was. That was really my, my number one reason. Um, but then I also had option B is I can get one for a good price, put some money into it, build some equity in this place. So that way, if I ever needed a rate, uh, if I ever needed a rainy day fund, or if I had an emergency where I needed to pull cash out, I had, you know, some liquidable, I guess you can say cash ready to go because I could just pull it right out of the right out of the house. So what was your saving strategy to get to that point after college and so quickly after college? Because I had the opposite mindset of you. I was thinking short term, quick, 
Um, you know, I've, I've said this a few times now, but I wish somebody would have grabbed me by the ponytail as I walked across that graduation stage into a corporate job and said, listen, little girl, you need to save right now. <laughs> um, but now I know, like now I know after going into this, like you can get a condo for under a hundred grand and that down payment's not bad at all. I probably had that back then, but I don't know. I, I don't know if it was just obviously lack of education, lack of anybody around me telling me to like slow down and think for a second, but I love that you literally went the other way. So what was your saving strategy to even get the condo in the first place? Great question. So the here's here's my again this is my advice to to young individuals whether you're right out of college or you're still if you're in your mid-20s and if you're in your late 20s whatever um you you know you don't necessarily don't don't let the saving strategy be what stops you right away again let's let's i, I want to remind the audience that i was right out of college I had no savings. I had no saving strategy, right? I was Well, that makes me feel better because neither did I. <laughs> I was almost broken. I was almost broke as shit. Right. Uh now granted, I had I had a really good job. Uh, you know, I've been with the same company since I graduated uh from from Ball State. So uh, you know, they take they take good care of me. And so what I what I will say though is make sure you just do your research and just like and just push, 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 you know, because essentially uh, I, I hooked myself up with a really good, um, uh, my real estate agent. I started networking and I knew some like mortgage brokers and whatnot. And then I put myself in a position to where I was able to find a townhouse for under a hundred thousand. Technically it was a, pretty much a steal. How I got this still, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but it was a townhouse. My townhouse was only $80,000, okay. $87,000. Okay. And it was beautiful. There was, I mean, you know, it's not, I, again, it's not, I'm not in Chicago, but it was a beautiful townhome for a starter home, young, single individual like myself. I could not ask for more. Um, so then the other thing I did was I ran through an FHA loan and this particular FHA loan, especially since I was a first time home buyer, they helped pay for my, for my down payment. Yep. And then what it would do is in my mortgage, it cooked in that down payment over time. So I think like three years later, I finally got a letter. We, you paid off what we essentially put down for you. You're free and good. Again, a lot of times it's funny because you go to rent a place and even a place like I had a two bedroom, one and a half bath, three level townhome. And my mortgage was under $700. Wow. Well, in the beginning, it was actually probably $780. Yeah. Because I had to pay that payback. But once that stint was over where I paid my FHA loan off, yeah, I think my, my mortgage was $675. That's pretty awesome for all that space, you know, for a guy and his dog. That, yep. For my buddy Graham, he's over, he's over here somewhere. But yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. And the word buying seems impossible. It's like, well, you have to have 40 grand in your pocket in cash today to do this. And you don't, like you said, research, research, research. And what did you end up doing with it now that you are in your quote, second home? Do you still have it or did you sell it off? As you kind of prefaced a little bit earlier, uh, my girlfriend and I, and you know, we found out, we found out that she was pregnant. Uh, and then also my girlfriend has uh, she, her, her five-year-old son. At the time we found out that we were having, we were having another, another child and we were, we were through the roof excited. Um, so as excited as we were, you know, in my mind, I, I instantly went to a little townhouse that I had that was, it was skinny and tall. Yeah. So it was like, 
just okay enough for, for, you know, for me and my buddy Graham, yeah. my four-legged baby, my fur baby at the time, <laughs> perfect enough for he and I, you know? Um, but in my mind, I said, okay, so now, now it's not just me and Graham. It's myself, it's Alyssa, it's Lincoln, the baby, and Graham. So I thought, okay, we need to, we need to expand. The home that we ended up finding, so we closed on our house September 30th, 2020. So at this time, this is right now, even then, hey, buddy, sorry. As you probably know, the housing market is just kind of going crazy. Yes, it is. It's pretty wild. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I'm sure you very, very well know. So even back in September, when we were still looking, we would go look at a home, you know, hey, we want to like maybe look into this a little further. She's like, it's already under contract or it's, it's already in, you know, under contingency or whatever the case is. And so we're like, oh my God. So finally we found a home, the home that we're in now, it's our dream. It's a dream home. It's beautiful. Now here's another thing as far as, and I'll get back to where my townhouse is, but here's another thing that you guys that have to think about is right. I gave myself a budget. I said, I don't want us to go over X, but sometimes, sometimes you just got to go over X. <laughs> you know, because it's like, got to think of long term. But in my situation, you know, I have my family now. So it was either we find a house that's in or below our budget. And I know we can stay there for a good five years and raise the boys while they're still young. And then and then jump into a bigger home or jump right into a bigger home. So once we found this house, we cannot pass up on it. You know, it was one where it's like, okay, we're going to we're going to exhaust all 30 years of this goddamn mortgage. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so because this is, this is, this is the one there was actually another couple looking at it, but they, it was under contingency of the fact that they had to still sell their house. Oh, okay. I told my real estate agent undercut them and tell them that we have no contingency knowing that I had a little rating day fund and I still had the equity in my townhouse. So as soon as we did that, they're like, okay, so then, you know, the other family, sorry about you. They got, you know, it was uh, no longer up to them. I still had the townhouse and we were still getting the green light for our actual home. There was a small stint in time, Sarah, and you want to talk about stressful. <laughs> there was a small stint in time where I was paying the mortgage on my townhouse and paying the mortgage on this house. I did not do conventional, uh, a conventional down payment for this house would have been over $80,000 and that I did not have. Yes. <laughs> so again, doing my research and knowing what options I have available, I, I did what's called, and we did an FHA loan okay. on this one. So the FHA was only required half of that. So the 40,000, even though it's still a swift kick to the wallet. <laughs> a swift kick to the wallet. That's hilarious. Um, Much more... <laughs> So, but it, it's much more doable than um, than eighty thousand. So we put the forty thousand down, um, just so we could say we want dibs on this home right now. It all happened so fast because I still had a little bit of work to do in my townhouse to kind of I wanted to pump it up a little bit more with some TLC so I can maximize my my output when I went to go sell it. Um, so to answer your original question, I had to bring that full circle. I ended up. I did end up selling the townhouse, but not not until like a month 
maybe two months after we had already moved into this house. As soon as I knew I went to go sell it, I wanted to make all my money back on the down payment that I put for our new house. And it worked out for me. It worked out for us. It was, it was, it, it sucked paying two mortgages at one time, but, uh, you know, it's one of those things where sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. The perfect home is there. Here's a good, here's a good uh, piece of advice. When you're in the home buying process, make sure you surround yourself with the right people. You want to find yourself that real estate agent that's going to go the extra mile for you. We, we had one. She's awesome. I love her. She was a bull for us when we needed her to be. She was comforting when we needed her to be, um, <laughs> you know, but she, and then she never stopped. She, you know, she gave us everything that we needed and some days that she couldn't make it. She had her sister jump in for us because she knew my schedule. Uh, I travel for work. We talked about that, you know, in our last podcast, everyone go check it out and we'll start from Go start from podcast one on Sarah's uh, Facing Fear podcast. Um, <laughs> plug in your own shit. Uh, <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> I know a lot of times people go with like friends or family friends because they want to be nice and they're trying to help someone out. It's one of those where it's like, it's nothing personal. It's just business. And it's also just the place you're going to live in. So you want to make sure you know, everything is buttoned up. And I know, you know, sometimes people's feelings might get hurt because you didn't go with, uh, you know, little cousin, little cousin <laughs> Susie, who's trying to start out and get her feet wet in real estate. But you need you need someone who's going to be a bull for you. Same thing on like the mortgage side, find someone who's going to go up to bat for you, who's going to get you the best interest rates. My mortgage guy just called me yesterday. I'm going next week, we're going to go have a glass of bourbon together, you know? So have that, have that kind of relationship with your people, with your circle in the home buying process. Yeah, absolutely. You hit on so many things that we learned as well. Um, we actually tried and failed in 2018 to buy a home. And the first thing that went wrong was our realtor was not in it for us. Um, and it became more and more obvious as we went along, we ended up putting an offer down, but it didn't work out. Thank goodness. And same thing, yeah, with a mortgage broker, a lot of people think you just have to take what you can get, but you should shop around, you should compare. And I would say the final thing through what you're saying is slow down. Like if, if you don't feel comfortable, if you think the real estate agent isn't in for you, then say, you know what, I think we're going to, you know, terminate this relationship and move on. At the end of the day, you're the only one who's making this happen. The broker, the real estate agent, the seller has nothing without you, the buyer. And especially now in this market, we think our buyers have no control and no negotiation power and no power period, but you really do. So slow down, make it for you. And like you said, if you have to walk right up to that line or over, that decision is up to you. Nobody else. You hit it right on the head. Make it for you. You know, know, know what you want for you, for your situation. Don't be afraid to say no to your realtor or your real estate agent know them, get that relationship, shit, make them take you for a drink, you know, before. So that way, you know, they're in this shit for you because <laughs> anyone can come, you know, and, and they're going to, you know, sling you whatever house is out there for crazy amounts of money or whatever, because at the end of the day, they're going to make that commission with or without you, mm -hmm. you know, so make sure they're, make sure they're in it for you. That's, I, I couldn't agree more, Sarah. Yeah, absolutely. So your journey with two properties now has been, you know, there's been a lot of ups and downs. What would you say was like the biggest fear you faced through this and how you overcame it? The biggest fear, like we just talked about was not being able to find what we wanted. It was 
one of the most stressful times in our life. You know, she, she was pregnant. We had Lincoln. We kind of uprooted everything that she had at, uh, cause she would, she lived in Highland at this time. We're like, okay, let's consolidate down to one. You know, we're about to get a house soon. Why still pay rent at your house and at your, you know, your rental in, in Highland, just let's move everything into, in my, in my dire house picture this skinny tall town home and it was just packed to literally the ceiling it was like every day was like a tetris game trying to move <laughs> a box it had all of her stuff my stuff lincoln's stuff you know we had some baby stuff you know grams crawling around in there so <laughs> we were stuck in this townhouse with all these boxes and you know it was just it was it was it was stressful we were on top of each other we're living out of boxes we were, we were trying to find the right house, you know? So that was probably, that was fearful for me because it, in my mind, I'm like, what, what's going to happen if we don't, I'm the kind of person I feel like much like you, Sarah, I didn't want to just settle for less. I didn't want to just find something and say, Oh, this is okay. Just because, you know, it's okay for now. You mentioned earlier, this is one of the biggest purchases, one of the biggest decisions you're going to make in your life. You know, and so for for Alyssa and I, we wanted to, of course, we wanted to make it together. So she had her list of wants mm-hmm. and needs. I had my list of wants and needs. Uh, we not wanted to make sure, you know, Lincoln had a, a nice big room. Baby Benji was still in the womb. Poor guy didn't have a really had a say <laughs> yet. But, uh, you know, Lincoln, Lincoln at the time was four. So, you know, we knew that he, you know, I, I wanted to consider his wants and needs, too you know, trying to uh, accommodate all of our stuff for a home. And that was, that was my fear was, are we going to be able to find something? Are we going to be stuck in this tall ass crowded <laughs> townhouse? Down home exactly. forever. Mm-hmm. What I was trying to say ultimately is as stressful as it can be, don't give up after you see 10 houses. I think Alyssa and I, I think we saw 10 houses in one day. Yeah. Yeah, you know? Absolutely. Don't be, don't give up after you see 10 houses. If you have to see 20 homes, go see 20 homes. Who cares? That's what your real estate agent is working for you for. Don't waste your time during the process. I can't tell you how many homes we pulled up to. And as soon as we got out of the car, uh, I told our real estate agent, I said, next. Yep. You know, <laughs> we already knew next. Because it, it wasn't what we wanted. It wasn't what yeah, we Yeah, and you don't have to be like nice and soft about it and be like, I think this could work. Like we had that feeling with our first realtor of just kind of like looking at a house because she found it and we didn't want to hurt her feelings. Like, no, absolutely. Yeah, save yourself the time, roll down the window and be like, mm, this ain't it. Next. <laughs> next. On to the next one. Yep. So again, knowing, knowing what we wanted, we'd pull up to a house and it's like, you know, we were quite picky too because again... I keep re- I keep referencing this, but being that I, I work and I travel, I didn't have time for a fixture upper, you know, mm-hmm. and being that I knew we were already looking into four or five bedroom homes, I knew they were going to be on the pricier side already. So, you know, I didn't have I didn't have that much extra cash to be thrown around to be putting into a fixture upper. So we knew we wanted a, a newer build um, or a newer home that had was kind of like ready to just rock and roll, you know? Um, so yeah, that was, that was the one thing I feared. And definitely the one thing I will say is, is don't, don't stress yourself out. You have to go see 30 houses, go freaking see 30 houses. Who cares? 
Um, yep. Find what's right for you, for your family, for you know whoever it is that's along in the home buying process with you. Perfect. Well, that's a great piece of advice to end on. Um, is there anything else that I didn't ask that you wanted to share before we go? Right on time. No, make sure you send me your address so I can send you a, a housewarming gift. But other than that, I can <gasps> okay, <it>. thanks. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Facing Fear podcast. I'd love to know what you think, so please leave a review on Apple's podcast app, or you can go to the Facing Fear with Sarah Facebook and leave a review there as well. If you or someone you know has a story of overcoming fear to pursue their own definition of success, please submit yourself or that person as a guest. You can do that at facingfearwithsarah.com. Until next time, I'll see you in the social media world. You can find the show everywhere at Facing Fear with Sarah or communicate directly by emailing hello at facingfearwithsarah.com. You made it to the end of the episode. So I'm gonna give you a little surprise. I was recently published in the Wildfire Magazine. It is the first and only publication for and by those who are too young to be affected by breast cancer. And you can go get this issue at a discount. So visit wildfirecommunity.org and use code wildfire15 or even better, use the link in my social media, in the show notes today. And if you use that particular link and the code, you can not only save yourself money, but you can also earn me a little bit of money as I get a kickback from every purchase used under Sarah's link. So go check it out in the show notes. The issue is themed the new normal and this is relatable for anybody who's been through some kind of storm in life and is trying to figure out who they are and who and what and how and why life goes on afterwards. So check it out. Go visit wildfirecommunity.org. Use code wildfire15 to save on your version of a print or digital copy of the latest issue called The New Normal. Thank you so, so much for your support.